Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Just a Thought. My name's Nick. And I'm Joe. And we're two guys in our 20s who can banter on pretty much anything that comes up. Though we're total novices on most of the topics we talk about, and we probably don't have all the facts in order, we still think the dialogue is pretty interesting. So today, we're actually going to be talking a little bit about um, what we're calling (laughs) the big fat college bubble. Um, So really what inspired this conversation, and I I can't wait to get into it with you, Nick, um, is just recently talking to some friends and also my parents about what it means to take on a large amount of debt. Um, we're looking at you know rising college costs uh, these days and uh, subsequently college loans. Um, and what are the kind of impacts today that that has on you know economically um, and also personally, socially? Um, but then also what does that look like for the generations that are currently going through college and the impacts on their world, but also, um, you know, what, what, what life will look like, um, when people are still paying off loans in 20 years, um, and a lot more people are going to college. Um, so that's kind of how I want to frame it up. Nick, any initial thoughts? I, I can also dive into what I was thinking and the conversations I've had. Yeah, I think it's a super interesting topic in the sense that it affects basically everyone coming out of the workforce at this point. I mean, it's it's a significant amount of people who are graduating from college um, and, and they're in a position where they're very financially backwards. Um, and so much of the motivation to actually go to school is to improve your earnings potential. The fact that you'll just come straight out of the gates and start at a loss is, um, it's a little bit counterintuitive. Um, and now you're in a, in a position where, I mean, the job market itself is so difficult that frequently people are boomeranging back home and they're actually crashing with their parents um, just to just to get back to neutral, not even to get a good start, but just to get back to zero. Yeah, no, it's it's that's definitely the case for the majority of people. I think, um, you know, there's there's a lot of people who are um, coming out of school, like you said, and if they didn't land a job that, um, you know, could potentially Um, you know, pay off those loans very, very quickly, um, they almost kind of have to take whatever jobs are available just to start paying off those loans. Um, Or at least, like you said, getting back to zero. And um, it can be a painful and scary thing for a lot of people who are in that situation, especially with some universities and, you know, private out of state um, that are upwards of 70 or even 80,000 per per year, Um, which that's, that's a large sum of money. Um, so the thought that you could, you know, be looking at two hundred and forty or two hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars, you know, to pay off within the next twenty or thirty years, I think, is about the standard. Um, is like a thirty-year payoff. Um, that's a good. That's a good chunk of money, and you you can't do that on a, on a low wage. Yeah, and the, the two hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's just a principal. That's not even. The, the interest that you're accruing every single year that you haven't fully paid off that balance. Um, so that by itself is is absurd. But I think the biggest challenge with this is that it actually makes you risk averse at a time in your life when you shouldn't be risk averse. You should be enterprising and you should be taking huge risks and you should be open to relocation. You should be open to um, kind of chasing your dreams a little bit when you're coming straight out of the gates. And I think this amount of college debt actually leaves people um, hesitant to make those necessary risks early out of the gate. 
So I almost, I almost think, you know, what are the alternatives to someone who is, you know, potentially looking at going to school, um, you know, where the costs might be upwards of $50,000 per year? I mean, what are some of the other options that are um, a lot cheaper and, and maybe on par with that? Yeah, I think it depends on where you're trying to get. Um, there's there are certainly industries where you don't need a college degree. There's trade school. Um, for more blue-collar-based jobs, there's community college. Um, and actually, just to, as a random aside here, um, my dad didn't go to college, and his dad didn't go to college. And so um, my sister was actually the first in my family to go. And it was a bit of a risk. Um, and I know it came with a long negotiation between my sister and my dad to actually um, help him see the, the value of a college degree. And I think he did come, come around, and we can touch on this point later. I, I ultimately do think that college degrees are important for a lot of people um, and they can can be the right thing and they, they can set you up for early success. Um, but ultimately, I, I come from a line of folks who, who don't have college degrees. Yeah, I, I think it's it's definitely a huge consideration. If you're, if you're looking for something that is, you know, if you want to go into uh, a, a, either a big company or kind of corporate setting, um, you know, a lot of people are, are looking to go to schools for, um, you know, that type of work. But I mean, there's still a large number of jobs that need to be done that don't necessarily need that type of, that type of degree. And I think, you know, I, I'm really curious to hear your thought on online education. Um, I think that, you know, we, we didn't have the tools and the platforms that we, um, that we have today, um, you know, when when online education just started out, it was it was very uh, primitive, and um, in a lot of ways, I think it it probably still is compared to sitting in a classroom. Um, but I think there's something about you know online and maybe even new formats of um, of schooling and and uh, you know earning a college degree that we will have that will actually fix uh, a large portion of this problem because the ones like you're saying the people that are you know thinking of you know do I really need this to do whatever I want to do in the future um, you know that definitely lowers that barrier um, and even if they decide not to go into some type of professional setting um, they don't incur that large cost because they didn't sit in a classroom and um, you know have to pay that all that amount yeah, I think you've got to split out the credential from the education. Um, for example, I think even in higher education, when you think about like an MBA or an MD, certainly that's table stakes to just play in some professions, even more so than their undergraduate degree. Um, so if you can tease out the separate the separation between the, the credential and the education, I think it becomes a lot clearer. And you're totally right. There's so many platforms right now online that are phenomenal tools for actually yep. acquiring the education that you need. Um, and random sidebar, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually trying to teach myself Spanish right now. Um, and I'm doing it all online. I'm not like taking any classes or anything like that. So, um, I'm using Duolingo. It's an app, um, very straightforward, very user-friendly. They gamify it a ton. So it's actually a lot of fun. Um, so I'm using Duolingo. I'm using Lingvist, which is another one. It's really good on vocab. And I'm watching Netflix with subtitles and, realistically that's um that's the best advice that i've gotten from a friend who is is fluent in spanish yeah and he he studied spanish um as his undergrad and he actually went to school abroad so there's still like the total immersion aspect of it too but um that's just one example and it's it's something that's like notoriously hard is to learn a language um 
and I'm I have zero intent of actually getting any sort of formal education behind it. No, but the fact that you could you could very easily do that, sit on your couch and and teach yourself a language versus something like ten years ago when the options that you had were were very, um, very much you know either you know immerse yourself in that place physically um, and mm-hmm. learn it, which is which is still I think the best option, obviously, but. Um, you know, textbook or Rosetta Stone or some of the other alternatives were, um, I can't say that they weren't interactive, but the fact that you can sit on your couch and you can use Duolingo, I love Duolingo. I think it's a great, Mm -hmm. I think it's a great app. Um, and they've made some really huge improvements to it, um, that are, I think they have, you know, bots and AI and uh, you're able to actually hold a conversation with, with the app, which is tremendous. But I, I think there's also, I think that's a really good point in, in another way too, because um, when you look at, uh, you know, Khan Academy and, and some of these other, I mean, there's, there's, I don't want, they're not necessarily degrees, but for instance, if you graduate from a four-year, um, you know, with a four-year degree and you want to go do something, other than something like, um, you know, get your CPA, right? Um, if you if you get a four-year degree and you're thinking, I'm going to go into, you know, architecture or something like that, um, and you decide not to do that, today there's there's actually alternatives. I mean, you can very easily, um, you know, learn some, some additional skills that will actually, you know, change your trajectory even after graduating. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that you can do that today is, is amazing. And you can do it for... Um, you know, only a few thousand dollars in a lot of cases. I mean, if you look at, for instance, if you wanted to learn to code, there's amazing tools out there today that people have designed and companies are creating products and services for that allow you to be able to immerse yourself. And within six months, um, you can earn that sort of like online degree um, and actually do that as a profession. And it's amazing that you can you can fast track yourself like that. So quick question there. I mean, you were trying to essentially learn to code at one point what tools were you using at that point and, and I guess what online resources did you find that were available to try to teach yourself to learn how to code and I'd be curious if you used any yeah. sort of formal education to supplement. So I thought about, on the last point, I've, I've thought about doing a few in-person courses because I, I still, again, I think there's something about um, you know sitting with someone who can, I, pair programming is a thing um, and it's not necessarily you have a professor that is going to teach but you have a peer who's going to sit with you and is, is more senior to you and has gone through what you've gone through. And there's something social, something about that social interaction that just speeds up the process. So I don't think you can really replace that. And I'm really hoping that there will be tools and platforms in the future um, that one, drive the cost down to let you do that, but then also um, increase the or speed up the amount of time that it takes to, to get those. But I, I think, um, you know, as it relates to the, the, the specific platforms that you can use for something like, um, you know, learning to code, I love Khan Academy. I think that's a great place for a lot of people to start on basics of things. If you Specifically, if you want to learn to um, code in, let's say, you know, Python or Ruby, or you want to learn web basics or something like that, there's a great, there's a great uh, platform called Tree, Team Treehouse. Um, I think it's t- uh, teamtreehouse.com. And um, I can't recommend it enough. I've used it for about a year, and I was able to complete a, a large amount of their courses just through sheer dedication. Going to <laughs> Starbucks and uh, you know getting a coffee and sitting there for two hours and just but the the fact that you can actually do that and not get bored. I mean, they're all videos, and um, 
you basically are you know coding into your web browser your your programming um, and you know writing functions and um, you know writing up files and then running them and you can do it all through the web browser and um, I think it's something like um, you know twenty to twenty five dollars a month um, which is extremely affordable um, especially <laughs> if you put in the time so it's, that's not an hourly rate when you think of credits I mean credits are very much the amount of time that you're there you're paying for all the time that you're there versus you know you can really scale down if you want to be on it 24/7 and just you know glue your eyes to the screen and learn um, you're gonna get an extremely affordable um, you know education out of that so I can't recommend that one enough there's also one called um, code Academy um, which is really great I finished their uh, entire course their entire website in a month so I actually only bought one month subscription and then I wrote the team and said hey you might want to get some more courses on here but I think most people were probably not as ambitious as I was because I was extremely excited when I started to uh, to learn that stuff. But um, yeah, there's, there's, those are two that I would recommend. There's a ton of other ones out there. Coursera, Udemy um, have some really great ones that are individual uh, courses that people have created um, that are great if you want to learn something like, if, if you never learn like higher level, um, you know, like, like calculus or if you, if you want to learn something about, um, you know, industrial power systems or something random like that. I mean, you could very easily do it on Coursera or on edX or on, um, on Udemy. So I recommend those, those five, um, primarily to people who want to start, but I always say to start out with Khan Academy because, um, it kind of introduces you one, it's free. Um, and I, I think it will always remain free, but two, it, it kind of introduces you to the format and kind of gives you the, um, the rigor that you need, um, to then carry on with those other ones as well. So you, you briefly mentioned, oh, I guess you alluded to the opportunity costs associated with going to school. Right, you've got like four years where you're truly dedicated to something, and you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars to yeah. learn it, and your whole emphasis is to leave more intelligent, basically well grounded and, and educated in something. Um, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm so frustrated and also like optimistic about the fact that you could do that at any stage in your life. You truly could just carve out, say, like, okay, I'm gonna. This is a year where I'm gonna focus strictly on development. Um, you could do that. There's nothing that really limits us from doing that. Right. Every, all, anything that limits us from doing that is it's a limiting belief, and it's something that we've put in put into place. I mean, you could find a supportive spouse who who op- who's open to this. You could um, you could moonlight. You could do this from your rather than nine to five. You could do this five to nine and just spread it out a few more years. There's a lot of options to like find this time and and money to actually go after this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and so I find that super frustrating, but I also think it's super contrived because you've got a lot of these courses that the coursework is so rigid and yes, sometimes you need to hit the fundamentals, but there's no accounting for like not learning your C major scale if you're trying to be a musician. Um, but once that's out of the way, learning should be this organic process where you can just sort of wander. And I think I'm personally really guilty of falling into the Wikipedia rabbit hole. <laughs> you, just, <laughs> you just keep going further and further and further down. Um, and it's actually some of the most fun learning that I've, that I've had is when it's completely devoid from any sort of structure or curriculum, syllabus, whatever you want to call yeah. it. It's just, it's free form and, and you, you learn what you want to learn at that moment. And then you'll probably shore up some of the other basics at some point organically. I think there's definitely a, a couple, if at least a couple sides here um, or, you know, thoughts on, on what's actually occurring. But I think the one, the one thing that I will say is it's becoming more apparent that um, it's very easy to get into college 
um, you know, at least a college, so not a specific college, but um, it's it's easier than it has been before. Um, and, you know, I think just like any other, just like any other company, um, you know, there's going to be different positions in the market. There's going to be the, um, you know, higher end institutions that, um, you know, have a premium product and have um, very select customer base that will come in, but they will either pay um, monetarily or they will pay in, in some other way and it could be future, future um, uh, contributions or something like that. But um, in, in any case, I think there's different positions in the market and I think what, it, what it's starting to look like um, to me is it's looking a little bit like, you know, housing before 2008. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, do you have any thoughts on that? I do think that it's it's a bubble waiting to burst because you can't create a system where you're you're starting people into their professional careers at such a negative. I, I think that's troubling. Um, yeah, so I, I think that there's there's probably an economic bubble. It's, it's slowly building. Maybe not even slowly. It's rapidly building. Yeah. Um, and there will be a, a breaking point for sure. And I think a lot of these new technologies actually enable um, solid alternatives to formal education. Uh, but that said, I, I do think there's a lot of actually um, a lot of benefits that, that came with my education that maybe I didn't expect at the outset. And so I'm I'm curious to get your take on this. If if there are any fringe benefits that you got as a result of of going to undergrad that I don't know maybe weren't expected or maybe weren't even institutional in nature. It's just a, a consequence of you being in one place for four years with other people who are who are primed for learning. There definitely were. I mean, my my job is probably a side effect. Um, which is kind of a funny thing to say, right? Because um, mm-hmm. I ended up, uh, you know, coming out of uh, out of college with with a job lined up, and it was not at all due to my major. Actually, I um, ended up in an entirely different field than what I thought I was going to. But it had more to do with the people that I interacted with and the types of things that I was doing. So I will totally agree with you on that point. Is um, you know, there's there's sort of this basic, um, you know, need to actually complete your, your majors. Um, and then all of the other extracurriculars or other things that you're doing during that time, hell, it could be a job, even having a job Mm -hmm. at the same time. Um, but the fact that you are, you know, completing this thing, um, over 120 credits and then all of the other things that you're doing, those are the ones that are really, um, kind of getting you started. The first one is just a qualification. Um, the second one is, is actually where uh, the rubber meets the road. It's basically defining what you're, um, going to be able to do once you come out. Yeah, I think just thinking back on my college experience, the, the thing that I miss the most being in my mid twenties rather than in my very early twenties, <laughs> late teens, is um, it, it's that environment that you're constantly around other people who are who are trying to learn, who are intellectually inclined and interested, um, some more than others. But <laughs> it's it's being in that sort of environment that I miss, and there are so many moments that I can just think back on very fondly um, in in my four years of undergrad where I, I was just like hanging out in my hallway of, of my, my first year residence hall. And so I'll, I'll actually give you an anecdote. So, yeah. um, <laughs> I think back to my, my first year of college and we had a random matching system at school. I went, so uh, I just got to like fill out a questionnaire and then they spat out a roommate. Um, and in this case they actually spat out two roommates. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I, I found myself very much like the moderate person in this case. Um, so one was very like politically left. The other was very politically right. One was like a vehement atheist. The other one was extremely dogmatic and Christian. Um, (laughs) one was homeschooled. One went to an enormous school. 
And so, like, I was, I was like the middle of each one of these situations. Um, but my God, the conversations that we had there and just like the truly open-minded um, attitude of inquiry that we really had, I, I love it. And I, I feel like I grew so much um, just in that year by itself, but <laughs> partially by playing like Switzerland in this and trying to make everybody play nice. The middle bunk. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly, literally. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's that kind of attitude that I, that I miss. And then like on the other extreme, you have like the whole aspect of like, just, you're, you're by yourself for the first time. And it, it's your first real taste of independence, living on your own away from your parents and away from the environments where you probably grew up. I know a lot of people move for college. I, I moved probably three hours away for college. Um, and for me, that was, it was a really good time for growth and, and reflection on who I wanted to be and the sort of person I wanted to be. And I, I stumbled on both sides of that, right? Like I bounced way too far toward taking myself way too seriously. And I bounced way too far the other direction of just being disrespectful to myself. <laughs> um, but it, that's how you learn. And, yeah. and I, I really think back fondly on those years because of that. And like the, the credential had nothing to do with that form of education for me, I guess. That's definitely true. I, I, I 100% echo that. And I think that's the one thing that you will not get or currently cannot get from the alternatives there are to, you know, either getting more education or upskilling yourself after using these online tools. Um, I think it's a great way to get those technical uh, skills that you maybe didn't realize that you wanted to pursue. But I don't think that online education um, is going to replace, you know, the camaraderie and um, the social learning and, and the very formative stuff that we um, you know, come to enjoy. Though I will say, I don't know if you have to spend eighty thousand dollars a year <laughs> in order to get that experience. So, I would say no, that's the cer- one thing. Certainly not. And I think um, this is like a random thought that you just triggered. But there was even like back in Benjamin Franklin, his days in his autobiography. It's actually a really great read, by the way. It's not as dry as it sounds. It's not just a president yeah. writing about being a president. We'll throw it in the show um, notes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll throw it in the notes. Um, yeah, he, he basically started, like, the modern library. But the way that he did it is he had, like, this group. I'm going to completely butcher the history on this, so just bear with me. Um, no worries. friends who were, like, all intellectuals, and they, they wanted to, like, push themselves to intellectual, intellectual pursuits. And so he basically started the first modern library, and it was a book exchange between friends. And so they would come together, and there were share ideas, and that was, that was kind of it. But it was well before the, the idea of like a modern college or anything like that. So um, that idea has existed for a long time, and they certainly didn't pay $80,000 to be there. They just were in each other's company, you know? And, and they, they agreed to having that, that shared pursuit of, of learning, and that's, that's the only thing that really linked them. I guess an idea that you know, might come out of that is what would a nonprofit institution like that look like today? Um, you know, I know, I know there are many, um, and there are there's a lot of different alternatives. Um, but is there a way for us to have an institution that is, is purely nonprofit? I don't know. I think so. I think there's gotta be, and I don't know, like, I don't know enough about this organization, but I'm going to throw one out there that sounds right. (laughs) And that's, uh, it's Mensa, M E N S A. The whole point is that like, they're people with extremely high IQs. They've been validated. And I mean, IQ testing by itself, like let's check that one for another day. (laughs) (laughs) The validity of that is questionable at best. Um, but no, like the whole intent behind Mensa is that a bunch of folks come together and they, they're like the smart people club and they want to encourage people to be intellectuals and keep pushing themselves in intellectual pursuits. 
All I can say is thank goodness they, they want to use those powers for good. <laughs> you don't know that. Hey, that's true. <laughs> don't know that. So, yeah. So anyway, I think um, I think that's pretty much our thoughts on the big fat college bubble, and um, you know, other thoughts about online education and where that's where that's headed. Nick, did you have any either life hacks or insanity in pop culture, or anything inspiring you want to share this week? I have a quick pick. Um. This one's kind of random. So I, I briefly mentioned that I'm trying to teach myself how to learn Spanish using Duolingo and different language learning apps. Um, I'm also like a, a big fitness buff. I love spending a lot of time in the gym. Um, I go probably five times a week, just sit in the gym and like work out. But so much of that time is just downtime between sets. Um, and so for me, I've actually found that that downtime can be used as uptime. Um, so when I'm like sitting between reps or sitting between sets at, <laughs> at the gym, I'm honestly, I've been in my language app and it's been phenomenal because I can get both done in a half hour, 45 minutes. It's the exact same amount of time it would take me for my normal workout. And now I'm accomplishing two things that I, that I need to do anyway. So it's like, I don't know, self-improvement supersets. <laughs> Multitasking for the win. Multitasking is the pick for sure. <laughs> All right. And That's so this week. I think mine is going to be – there's something called – I'm just checking to make sure this is the right name. Oh, you've got a pick. Okay. I do. I have something. It's it's a quick one. Um, have you <laughs> heard of something called Brandless? It's kind of old now, old news, but – No. What is Brandless? Brandless is awesome. Um, this is coming from someone who currently has not used Brandless yet, but I'm very excited to get my first uh, shipment all of their products that they sell, they have personal care, they have food and, and kind of pantry stuff. They have um, home care, they have stationery. They're kind of like increasing, um, think of like kind of Ikea, like walking mm-hmm. through um, Ikea before you check out and all the different things that they have. But everything is, does not have a brand. Um, and also everything is $3. So if you wanted like a... Um, either a shampoo or if you wanted like a bag of potato chips or something like that, they're all kind of, um, you know, value sized for the $3. So, um, you're getting exactly what you're paying for, but the fun part about it is everything is $3. So, um, if you wanted, I think they have like toothpaste and they might have toothpaste, but if you wanted, let's say a cup and saucer, you might get two cups and two saucers for $3 or (laughs) <laughs> whatever, whatever, you know, um, they can, they can afford to give you for $3. Um, and then it's all private label. So, um, or I shouldn't say private label, but it appears as if it were private label. Um, and it's, it has a big brandless, um, logo on it. So I'm very excited to get my first one. Um, I'll definitely report back and let you know how that was. Um, but as it, as it's from so far, it looks it looks pretty cool, so I'm very much looking Please forward do. to getting that. I, I want to hear more. As a brand marketer, I'm very curious about this. Definitely, <laughs> that it doesn't that it doesn't have a brand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's gonna put me out of business. <laughs> <laughs> right on. All right. Well, I think that's it for this week. All right. We will see you next week. Hey, listeners. It's Joe here. Thanks for listening to Just a Thought, and we hope you're enjoying it so far. But we want to know, what do you want to hear about? Be sure to let us know if there are any interesting topics that you want us to tackle. Just a thought.